You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Good Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another evening of Jay Bird Watching. I am Craig Borden, your host here with Ken Alfred and Jason Lyons, ready to talk Blue Jays baseball because it's finally spring. <laughs> or at least, you know, not Groundhog Day spring. <laughs> so, Jason, Ken, how are we doing this evening? Doing good. It's starting to warm up here in Canada here. I think we got plus eight, I think, right now. So we all know what that means. Barbecue weather, shorts weather. That's what it's like here in Canada. I drove with my windows down today here in New York. Just saying. <laughs> so yeah, Jason, how things in Vancouver? <laughs> See, for me, it, it was, it's actually been two really, really spring-like days here. Uh, it's cold in the mornings, but really nice in the afternoons. Uh, we're actually looking as, uh, you know, as baseball you know, coaches and, and players were actually looking at getting out this weekend and actually being outside rather than being inside the cage like we have to be tonight. You know, so it uh, it really starts to get the old uh, spring juices flowing. I'm not, I've, I'm not wearing any pants underneath, so that's just to keep that spring motif going. <laughs> there it is. And also joining us this evening, Chinese Journal editor Eric Troyan. How are we doing, Eric? Good. Good. I'm really happy to be here, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. So you happen to be uh, all of a sudden rather trending on Twitter and whatnot in the Blue Jays Twitterverse as a Jays journal writer and editor for a certain grenade thrown from afar by an ex-Red Sox. Do you want to fill the team in here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon, a throwback name. He uh, was on the Red Sox for a while. He was an all-star closer, uh, 2005 to 2011. Um he was on a podcast recently and he was just tearing the Blue Jays apart saying they haven't done enough this offseason. And he was saying how there's no other pitchers on the staff of note besides Kevin Dossman. So the whole bullpen and Alec Manoa and everybody else was just doesn't exist in his world. So he said that the Blue Jays would be lucky to be a fourth place team. And he said that, that they're barely above the Red Sox in his eyes for last place. Wow. So either the Red Sox are a lot better than we all think and they're going to be they're a 90 win team with all the other teams in the American League East somehow. Or, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get the logic. Ken, I can see uh, something's turning there as far as it doesn't sound like the Blue Jays are a fourth place team to you. Does not sound like that. Who is this guy? Apple, Apple who? <laughs> Apple bum? I don't know. Is that what it is? I, I've never heard of this guy, yeah. but okay. Apparently, we're bad. So it's apparently, you have a good job remembering him. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> comments from from whoever that from from Apple bum over there. I mean, that's I'm going to call him now. Moving forward, yeah, he he <laughs> took time to trash talk Chris Bassett. He said, "If that if that's the best acquisition on the pitching side this offseason, then something's wrong. He said, if the Blue Jays want to bring aboard a guy whose ERA is constantly above four, good for them. But then when you look at his stats, the only time he has ever had an ERA above four was 2016. He only pitched in 28 innings that year. Otherwise, it's been in the threes every single season of his career. He's even got a two in there. So I don't know what the guy is talking about. Not to mention, I didn't see him starting any ball games, seeing he was a closer, which if you want to go follow the old baseball school adage, 
relievers are just failed starters. <laughs> oh, buzzing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't fear the Phillies. This guy is a jackass among jackasses. He's constantly been a cancer on every team he's ever played on. Um, he was possibly set to be one of the greatest relievers the game ever saw. He just continued to to light things on fire and throw them into the dugout. Like, you know, if if any, if everyone remembers, he's the guy that classically fought with Bryce Har- Harper on the field. Like, Bryce Harper. And then he continued into the dugout and yeah. into the club. <laughs> Leader of the team, all the rest of it. And this Jack Weed's going to pick a fight with him on the field. Um, I mean, to his comments, I actually read the whole thing and then listened to the pieces that were uh, someone uh, carefully pulled off of the interview, which was really nice of them. Thanks to whoever did that. Um, but it, it, the, the idiocy of the way that he's speaking is the desperate tones of a man who's really trying to save his job on uh, MLB Network for the for the Red Sox. Uh, Rucker. Oh, yeah. sorry. He's, he's not good. Um, he sees he sees you know stuff like Spit and Chicklets and some other stuff out there where which is a great podcast. If you don't if you don't listen to that podcast, it's the only one that's slightly better than this one. But that being said, um, it, it was it's des it's desperation to try and make yourself seem relevant when he doesn't think anybody's listening. And then you've got people you've got people and players who are going to make a massive difference in this season for the Jays. And to downplay it like that and and make it sound like the Red Sox are are going to make any kind of noise this year, it's it's a joke. It's idiotic. Hmm. We even got comments uh, echoing your uh, <laughs> sentiment here, uh, Jason, on our chat window. Uh, Mikey Bananas also saying, just ignore him, he's trash. <laughs> yeah, he's trash. <laughs> or just to be this person, I'll even, I won't quote him, I will just show it because I can do this fun stuff. So, Mikey, <laughs> good call. <laughs> so, without beating the record, uh, or, you know, scratch everything up here as far as our, it's, Babylon is just trying to get Blue Jays fans are cupping. Honestly, I hope there's a few Blue Jays players that are here in this kind of thing. and going, watch this. <laughs> I really do. It's that time of spring where they're, if you're looking for that little thing to get you going in the gym a little bit more, some stupid comments like this could be gas fuel for, you know, going into the weight room just a little bit harder, whatever it might be. And to that point, we already know a certain Blue Jays have already found that you know, juice that they need to keep moving and whatnot. As far as we've already heard, Jose Barrios has been at camp for weeks. He was hitting the off season really hard this year, hoping that he doesn't have another season like he just had. It's really trying to do that. But that things like this, guys, that could be fuel to the fire. Like I said, do you think this is something for the, at least for the short term? I don't think it's a long term thing that the Blue Jays are like, yeah, all right, fine. Good luck. Do you think he actually did that on purpose just to get people like just to get Toronto upset? Is that basically what his plan was? Or that he's really just shooting off the cuff. I think he was shooting off the cuff in worst case scenario. Knowing him and watching him over the years to randomly fighting people and yelling people on the field, I think it probably was just a stupid comment that he kept running with. Oh, so he's a team player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a team player. <laughs> like we said, fighting with his friend. Well, Bryce Harper is known for being a gamer, but he's never been one of those people that's a bad for a locker room situation. How are you going to fight with that guy? That's usually the leader on every team he's in. It just kills me. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, he was like, what, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, though. Wasn't he only on the 
Nationals for like that one season too. Yeah, he, he uh, for a guy who was touted to be you know a very 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 good reliever, he had a cup of coffee almost everywhere he went, and it was all hit this. <laughs> it had nothing to do with his arm. It had nothing to do with it. it was it was head and heart. And uh, outside the Red Sox, yes, I, I always felt like like, I, and I watched a fair amount of them. Uh, you know, when the Red Sox were 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 getting good there, and his attitude and the way he walked and the way he kept you know just the way he 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 was so confident even when he got smashed around the yard you just knew he was never going to make it you knew he was there it was false bravado and that's again that's probably what this is and uh you know (laughs) jackass i think i have a a good way of summing this up for blue jays fans we always hear about the uh jose bautista is the guy you want on your team but not for everybody else playing against them right this is a guy that nobody wanted on their team and had to deal with. <laughs> so, just saying. So, anyway, uh, anything else? Last minute comments? No, we've given him too much run. Yeah, there it is. Moving along. He gets five minutes. That's it. So, let's <laughs> talk something else and something that was, as far as prevalent camp. Opening up other than everybody obviously coming to camp this week. And apparently I should learn how to spell is the other part of this. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, Boba Shat talked about, you know, his extension and everything. The first day of camp, it opened up and discussed about the arbitration process, how he's happy with the team, that they were able to find some way to make him happy along with building the team in the right direction and not constricting everybody too badly. He got paid. He got paid well. We actually, unlike last week when we aired this, we have heard the tentative amount of what money he's going to be making. Jason, do you remember that off the top of your head? 33. Yeah, I think, I think we were talking somewhere in that sort of 30 million range, 30, 33 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he got paid and like I said, he was just discussing the process and it's he got, after last year and barely getting, a, you know, with the sh- lockout and everything, he didn't really get a chance to do his case for the arbitration process and they basically settled everybody's stuff last year. Bobochet this year would have been his first time and be able to be more or less $2 million apart and then come back to do this. They avoided all that situation for him, but he was very, very vocal in that conversation about how he was just overjoyed that you didn't have to go through that process because he said it was a broken process for baseball and it's not properly getting people paid in in full you have to be the ridiculous standout guy to get paid in that arbitration process um eric you're the guest on the show this evening do you want to weigh in on where do you think that conversation goes and what your thoughts are on the arbitration process and what you've heard i mean the the only thing i really have to say is i i get why players are not fans of it. I mean, you essentially have to tell your team, this is what I think I'm worth. And then to have the team come back and say, no, you're more worth this. You know, that's, that's what, that's what causes relationships to be strained. Um, I think the Blue Jays kind of got lucky this time with Bo. Um, I think it could have gone quite a bit worse and i i don't i think that them coming to terms on a new deal helped their relationship long term i mean i i'm not convinced that he's gonna leave now like i did you know a week or two ago so i i, I get where the disconnect is and i get where the issues are i don't know how i would fix it but i know i know that 
and I can tell why, you know, it would hurt a player's feelings to have the team come back and say, like, well, we think you're two million dollars worse than what you think, you know. So I so I, I get I get where the disconnect is. I get it. And I, well, and I saw that with the players like Marcus Stroman too, and how that turned the whole situation sour. I'm not exactly saying I'm dying to have Marcus Stroman still in a Blue Jay uniform, but to that point, you saw that relationship just fall off cliff. Go ahead, Jason. Why well, I, I I have uh, you know some insight on this, having some some friends and relations who played in uh, played professional sports, and it's exactly what you said. It's just like walking into your year review from your boss, and your boss being like. Hey, great to see you. Here's all the stuff that sucks about you. And you really have nothing to say back. And you're like, well, I'm just as good as Fred out there in IT. And they're like, well, you know, you're really not. Fred's a little taller. Fred brings me a sandwich every now and again. Like, it's it. Fred's supposed to be doing that well. You're supposed to be this guy. Damn, Fred. Tear down process. and, And all the player has to do is compare himself to other players, usually not on other team or usually on other teams. So management can't even say, oh, we know that guy. They're just taking what they yeah. hear or the, the you know, and so the back and forth is, is not good. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that, that definitely needs to be changed. I know there's only been a, the, you know, there's been a handful of, of players in every sport that have sort of spoken out to how negative this process is. They almost just need to have a board where the players are rated on a certain way based on salary. It can't be anything other than maybe stats, games played, blah, blah, blah. You know, games not injured, things like that. But if they can use that as the, as the bellwether to sort of say, oh, okay, Bo, you know, you had a great year last year. You fit into sort of this category. You're not quite, you know, Tatis Jr. You're not quite that, you know, here, but you are above these eight guys. So that's where we're going to put you. We're not going to base it on anything other than just that. And until they can come up with a, you know, a, a, a situation or a, sorry, a system that works, then it's always going to be this negative beat up situation. And you're almost always going to look negatively at the team from that time past. Yep. I tend to agree with you. Kind of after you've heard the collective group here, what are your way in? Because uh, your opinion, I know you learned about this process recently. So I'm curious what your absorbing this is still trying to absorb it this is what we do ballpark yeah so (laughs) walk me through the whole process of the arbitration process so when someone has an arbitration they have to go and from what jason is saying is that they kind of have to defend themselves and compare themselves to to other teams or sorry not to other players on the team is that right well, it's, so it's, it's the management about how much they're getting money. So yeah. It's like, okay. I think the way Jason explained it, the yearly review with your employer. So after so many, I, I want to say it's after having a year and a half or two years of experience in Major League Baseball, you're no longer on your rookie contract right. anymore. Whatever that service time window is, I don't remember off the top of my head. After you get into that two years, okay, I wasn't far off. <laughs> so you get into that level of what they call arbitration eligibility. And when you're in that ballpark, they literally just give you a chance to plead your case, basically. They have and, to make you an offer first. So they have to say to you, so let's just say to Bo, they said, okay, Bo, we're going to give you $8 million for next season. And Bo was like, Bob, I think I'm worth more like 15 then they talk about that. They have up to a certain point to talk, to discuss that and to try and come to a, an actual contract. And if they don't, the players union has guaranteed these guys the right to be able to have a mediation come in and say, 
you know, I think I'm worth this. They think I'm worth this. We got to land somewhere in the middle. And I mean, rookies in all sports get smashed. Like it is no sport is good to the rookies. Like if you have a kid like, um, you know, that, that explodes, uh, Julio Rodriguez, like he's still on a rookie deal and he, he's going to make so I think he's a giant making, extension. Yeah. He, he's making league mini for, and he's, he's like, you know, he's crushing everything, but you know, that being said, it, it, it is a process that they need to have. Um, I mean, some guys will underperform significantly and then they go to the team and they're like, well, I did all this before. And they're like, well, you didn't do crap last year. So let's, let's scoop away the crap and there's gotta be something in between there. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a convoluted, like as they get past two years of service and if they, there's a double, there's something called a, um, uh, a super two player and, you know, the eligibility for arbitration dances all over the place, but that's basically it. When the team and the player can't come to a, an agreement to extend a contract and that's what happens. And is, so this, this occurs after year two, or sorry, after year two, right? That's when, that's when this happens. Now, moving forward, we're got three, four, five, year five, six, seven, eight. There's still the arbitration process altogether. It's, it's just eligible for everybody. Is that how it works? Yeah, as soon as you're in arbitration, you get three seasons of it, I believe. Okay, yeah. so you get three seasons of it. Probably. Okay. And is this done through the agents, though? Is this done through the agents and the management? Or is it literally like Bo talking to like management? It's probably him, and I'm sure it was through his agent. Yeah. It's through his agent? Okay. Yeah. And the reason they do this, Ken, is um, if you want to go back and look at Oakland A's history, in the late 80s, early 80s, they were paying all their major league players, like Vita Blue, who was a Hall of Famer, and all these guys, <laughs> peanuts. And I'm not saying that just because it's an athletics thing and they're elephants in the logo. <laughs> so, um, because they didn't have these processes in place to guarantee good players' raises. It was just you and the owner figuring out what you're worth, and you move on. The problem is, if you didn't have a good agent that actually talked you up, and the businessman that owns the team was really beating you up on that kind of thing. There was no real place to go. Oh. The only way that you could get out of that is what Reggie Jackson does and say, F you trade me or I'm not playing. Yeah. So Reggie Jackson goes to a new team. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> but the Oakland A's won plenty of World Series is on that basis. <laughs> so the reason they have that is to protect the players as the players union wants the players to make more money. That's in their interest to make the most for their players as they usually can. And that's why the pop players union is so powerful in major league baseball. Yeah. One of the most powerful in all of sports. Maybe all period. <laughs> so pretty cool to that point. This is a way of getting a guaranteed raise. If you're a good player. Yeah. Wow. For three years. And then you better hurry up and get a good agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or hit story that point. Even high school kids have freaking agents now. So it's, there's not really anywhere you're avoiding that piece to it anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. So those kids getting drafted in the MLB draft, I can guarantee you, second, first two, three rounds worth of kids uh, had their own agents already. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Literally, show me the money. So. Um, let's talk some other quick things with spring training. Um, I did see that George Springer was talking today during uh, my lunch break. And in the midst of this whole thing, what he was more or less talking was his health, all those good, wonderful things. But the main piece of the conversation was how he is actually rather excited to be playing right field. Something we have actually mentioned on this podcast with every guest we've had <laughs> collectively unanimously agreeing that the best thing for George Springer's health 
is to keep him in right field and have an everyday center fielder. Jason, are you happy to hear that he's happy to be playing right field, not just looking good on paper at this point now? <laughs> I think here's here's the three things I really liked about that whole situation. So I was watching him walk through the parking lot. They had like videos of the guys walking through the lot, and, you know, guys <laughs> laughing and waving. He looked like a kid who knew what his Christmas present was, and it was just past the guy with the camera. Like he yeah. looked like a twelve-year-old kid. He was so excited. He had a bag. Like, he's just like, so, like the full-on actual bag lunch walking. Yes, in, correct. Yeah. He was the one that with the pictures with him walking in with a plastic bag in the glove. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, <laughs> going to school. So excited to be there, which is great. And then to hear him say, you know, right field, and for the Jays to acknowledge the fact that that is a better place for him for for sure to keep him healthy, keep him at the at the one spot, all of that stuff that we need this year. And then the third thing one was watching Varsho play center field. I saw the clips of it today. The guy is a ball leader out there, and he they were hitting him deep left, deep right into the gap. He is looks like he's in great shape. He looks like he's going to completely be able to demand demand that position at center. And uh, I mean, for me, poo pooing that trade a, a while ago, uh, officially after watching him go today, I'm eating word, eating crow, eating my words. Whatever you want me to eat, I'm eating it. It's, it's, <laughs> the guy's a game. Not the only I one. Because I remember, I think I named the episode Del Far Show Who? Yeah, I remember that. Yes, that was that was the name of the episode. I didn't know who he was. I'm not an Arizona Diamondback fan, and I'm sorry to say that's like diving into my record collection and finding my B sides. Yeah, <laughs> up until last year, so. But it's a very Blue Jay-Z move because in all reality, we talked about it on that show um, uh, and what his overlay over the Rogers Center even since then changed to the new dimensions. Offensively, he's going to look like a beast, I think, to go along with a guy that was in the Gold Glove conversation last year, to your point, Jason. So it's very interesting to see where Dalton Barshow is. And Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but whose prediction was it that uh, said he could be an MVP sneak? This year, uh, I believe it was David Corker and on on the page. He he's a big Marshall fan. I'm a big Marshall fan. I I think this is going to be a really good year for him. Yeah, I'm hoping that um, you know, I'll, these guys keep wanting to buy me a freaking Kevin Kiermaier jersey. I have a strange feeling I would love to be buying one of his jerseys around the All Star break if he picks up like we're all thinking. So good stuff. <laughs> but um. Eric, how excited were you to hear about that stuff? Which uh, just Springer with how him just being that you know youthfully overjoyed to be back and healthy for a change. Yeah, no, I I love it. Uh, you know, it's it's worth noting that he he's spent a ton of time in right field, you know, over the course of his career. So this is not a new thing for him. He's not learning a new position. He's just getting stuck in a spot that he's been in a bunch of times before. I. I think he's an awesome, awesome player, and I'm really excited to see him with the bat and in, in right field. Because I think right field is going to be a lot easier on his body, uh, which is you know crucial. I think intriguing. Yes, I think he's a, he's an extremely important and sometimes overlooked part, you know, of of this lineup. So just keep the man healthy. You know, the the presence of Brandon Belt kind of makes it tough to get him time at designated hitter as well, but. They'll make it work, I believe. You know, I I I love it, and I, I think the age spot period. You got it. We're talking. Jansen's going to have probably you yeah. know, a good year. You can't take Kirk's bat out of the lineup. You know, that's going to be an interesting logjam a little bit at the DH spot this year, depending on who's hot at what times. So, but but it's it's 
it's good to have this problem, this problem. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Good problem to have. Okay. Yeah. Well, we talked about on the show last week that we have two top 10 catchers according to MLB now. So just saying. (laughs) (laughs) So Ken, um, I just want to get your opinion as far as the Springer thing goes. He is the igniter of this lineup when he's healthy. Um, I'm going to give Jason a wonderful flashback to he could be the Lenny Dykstra of this lineup. Somebody just hits home runs, 20 or 30 of them, and has the speed, has the legs. You now have the offensive presence of him for more than 82 ballpark games that he's played consistently over the last couple of years. And then you have an equivalent outfielder playing center field to the ridiculous level of what Blue Jays fans have gotten used to seeing from George Springer playing center field. That's two uh, two George Springer's worth of defense in the outfield between Varsho and Springer. How excited are you to get to see that outfield with the two of them roaming and covering that much field? Well, no, I mean, I'm very excited. I mean, like you said, if he's really snagging those balls like right in spring, can you imagine what it's going to be like during the regular season? So very excited to hear it. I'm glad that uh, that Springer's actually excited about being on right field. I think, didn't we have him in a few games, uh, like a few innings last year playing right field? Is that is that true? Yeah. yeah. And he seems healthy. And he seems healthy as well. So if he can keep hit, pulling off those home runs as well, as well as staying healthy, I think we should be okay. And, Varsho, yeah, he looks yeah. like he can hit the ball a mile, and let's, let's hopefully that's the case. And aren't we missing a third outfielder? Kevin Kiermaier is probably going to, funny enough, be the other center fielder playing left <laughs> <laughs> at this point. And um, I think that's not saying anything to his defensive prowess or anything. Is like I told, I, as much as I'm not a biggest fan of him being on his team and being an everyday player, I cannot speak enough high thoughts and high compliments of his defense he is one of the best defensive outfielders in baseball i just wish that you know in this lineup you know he's got i need him to hit too it's the other catch especially when he's taking over for a guy that was parentally hitting 280 and lourdes curiel jr um i need to i need to see him batting more than 220 in a year but yeah. I hope that the bottom of the lineup, it sparks something and he gets the right pitches to hit but to that point there's three center fielders playing this outfield Ken. Mm, wow. So in a year where we actually officially kind of heard the first round of what the shift rules are the other day. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the rules. I know we, we saw it on our little Slack chat there to see what the uh, the new rules are going to be. Yeah, I sent that out. I'll pull it back up. But in gist of it was the uh, you have to keep your infielders to start. So right when the pitch is thrown, they have to be in the infield dirt or closer to the plate. They can't go into the outfield. And they have to be two infielders on each side of second base. <laughs> so that's, those are the rules on the infield. So you're not putting that guy playing softball, you know, fourth outfielder <laughs> kind of thing going on. And but I didn't see any rules about where the outfielders really go. But I the, the, the perennial term that was kind of thrown around on MLO Network was true to their position. So that doesn't mean you can't play the left fielder all the way over on the left field line for us. <laughs> right-handed hitter or have the center fielder shifted that direction, but I don't think you're placing them three feet from each other. No, no. <laughs> you know, those kind of things. You're not bringing the right fielder over all the way to left. I uh, guess the right-handed hitter. Yeah. So you got three guys that uh, this outfield, how you put it together, this could be the place that fly balls go to die. Just, <laughs> just say it. Well, so, sorry. It's interesting. 
So sorry, Craig, just so, because we have another comment from uh, Mikey Bananas here is asking about the J, should I, show, should I just show it on the screen since so I can click that here? Yep. Perfect. So and he wants to know. Funny enough, we're talking about the outfield, so there you go. There we go. 12 <laughs> players locked in. Who will be the 13th? Grossman or trade for a fourth outfielder? What do you guys think? <laughs> Eric, you're usually the one watching all the uh, trade rumors like a freaking hawk. You see? Yeah, no, I, I have my thoughts, but Jason looked like he was about to say something. Oh, he's <laughs> muted, I think. Did your microphone die? Anyway, Eric, it's your turn. You yeah. can't talk. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's there's essentially one spot left to make this team. Um, depending on who you ask, if you ask four people, you're going to get four different answers. If you're asking me, I think Blue Jays fans just really want to see some new flashy signing. So I think that's where the Robbie Grossman talk has come from. I have yet to see anything officially tying the Blue Jays. I haven't seen or heard anything of them legitimately pursuing him. I think people are just desperate to get some sort of new blood in there. Um, I like the guy, but the further I have dove into kind of some of the internal candidates, the more I am leaning just going with who's already in house. Um, yeah, one guy. Are you a Nathan Luke saying like I am? I was just about to say that. One 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 player I've watched. I actually I think his name is Nathan Lucas. I think I found that out the other day. It's Lucas. <laughs> the so, guy here in Rochester has been saying it wrong for a year. Then yeah, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> that's my early baseball for <laughs> Nathan L. Uh, yeah. I you know I, the the further I've looked into him, and I actually got the chance to talk to him kind of recently, and he he is you know really excited for the competition, and he knows his worth. He knows that he's not going to hit 20 home runs, but he knows that he's an on-base machine who can play really great defense. He's He's got speed on the base pass. I like him a lot, and uh, Fangraphs has a has a depth chart out right now, and they, they predict that he will take the last spot. I don't hate that. Otherwise, there's another guy in the minor leagues who's not on the 40-man, uh, Winton Bernard. He, he's an older guy. He just got into his first major league action last year, but he is another guy. He is just stupid fast. He can play all three outfield positions. He's got a little bit of power. He He's another guy. Actually, he's another guy I just recently talked to as well. I got to talk to both of these guys, and both of them are excited <laughs> for the competition. They they know that it's right there. You know, there's one spot left and it's, it's gotta be someone that can play the outfield. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those two guys. And I, I don't think a free agent signing or a trade uh, is coming. So I, I think it's going to end up being one of these guys that's already here. Yeah. I, to that point, I, to, to where your point, those are super athletic guys. Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. I, I'm, I'm right with you there. I, I don't think that there, I don't think that anything else is going to be done. I think whatever it is, it'll be internal. Um, I mean, it's. It, I, I like both guys that you've talked about, um, and again, I think that that the the, the lust for having someone new come in will one hundred percent hang in the balance onto how the Jays season starts. If they start out cold, then it's going to be immediate. It will be like the first thing that anybody's talking about. But that being said. Um, you know, I, I feel like right now, um, that's that's what the Jays are looking to do. Um, and just 
just to be this person, apparently some Mike, Mikey Bananas, who's obviously all over us tonight. Crushing it, Mikey. To that point, right, right on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to that point, is he a good insurance policy? A hundred percent to those guys that we were talking about. Grossman would be obviously a wonderful addition. And just to be this person, I saw this just floating around the internet during my lunch break today for baseball stuff. Has anybody seen what fellow like crazy outfield uh, John Jaso has been up to? Since he uh, got out of baseball at the age of 34, he had those he had those crazy dreads, didn't he? Yeah, I I, thought, I think I remember something about him like sailing around the world or something along those lines. <laughs> You're right on the nose, my friend. So he's went like full. I don't know if anybody saw that old movie with Kurt Russell. If he's went like full Captain Ron, um, oh. and he's got the dreads still. It's not a boat. He's just going. He literally has left the pirates and became a pirate. pirate. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Oh. So I just thought that was kind of amusing. Some of these guys we were talking about remind me of John J. So as a awesome fourth outfielder you know if you had to get 90 games out of him great wonderful it's not a big deal you know so kind of uh similar to what we saw from Ramiel tapia last year or uh oh crap i lost the name oh blue jays fans remembering watching freddie galvis play oh i love freddie galvis bad years (laughs) so um he strikes me as that kind of a player you know if you give him 90 games he's gonna make something out of it There's also going to be movement play 90 games. Probably not. (laughs) You're also going to see some movement from other teams too, right? Like other teams, uh, even if the Jays are hot coming out of the gate, there's teams that aren't going to be, and there's teams that are carrying a lot of salary weight right now. And so you may see somebody who, you know, was predicted to have a good season, not having a good season in the outfield, either, either not getting hit the ball or getting hit the ball too much um, or not hitting the ball. Um, So I mean that leaves that leaves that first couple of months to be an, an interesting part of the season. I think because th- there's definitely possibility for early movement. I think this year more so than I've seen in the past years. And there's always something that happens with every team. There's this guy who gets hurt. This happens. This guy becomes available because we had a rookie come out of nowhere. We're going to bring him up to camp. It might. Spell some option for the Blue Jays come late spring and see what happens. And um, there's always something going on. Now, and we do have some certain places of depth that maybe can be traded for those guys and see what happens. But we'll see what, you know, roll the dice. But right now, I'm perfectly happy with where this 12 man roster is shaping up. And if that 13th spot is the only thing I'm worrying about for the first yeah. time in a million years, I'm kind of strangely okay with it. <laughs> now, did you guys, did you guys happen to see any of the footage of Kikuchi pitching? Yeah. Uh, bearded Kikuchi. Yeah. He's bearded. Oh, yeah. Bearded. Looks awesome. Join the club. Look at that. And uh, yeah. I mean, he was throwing the ball hard. Um, I thought it was a very interesting drill. I don't know if you guys watched it, but the guy who was simulating to be in the batter's box had a catcher's glove on. And if you watch more of it, he's actually trying to catch the ball on some of them. Like he's throwing the ball yeah. into the strike zone. And rather than using a bat, he's trying to catch it as he passes his hand through the zones thought it was a very cool i actually marked it down for for our training because i thought that's a really neat way to to get a a pitcher to 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 change his reads because i can follow with my eye and try and catch it a lot easier than i can hit it so and then it's not coming back at you so it's that level of but the one thing i thought it was the most interesting thing about that video is the guy had the balls to not wear a helmet yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't care. I'm, I'm just saying, he, he, if you were going to talk about Blue Jays equivalent of Reggie Vaughn right now, <laughs> it's, it's you say Kikuchi's. He can't find a plate in 
the games that we saw him until he was finally in the bullpen last year. And <laughs> he looked like he was still having that problem, but I'm taking that with a grain of salt because that was the first day of camp. So I'm literally, I'm not, unlike everybody else, I'm not caring about that right now. Is he so. penciled in for me like the fifth starter right now? Because I just swore I heard some of the news outlets saying that he's kind of like the fifth guy. Yeah, unofficially, he's the fifth starter. Because yeah. your other options we talked about um, kind of last week while you were out, uh, Mitch White being the other one. There's some other younger guys, and then you get in this, this really long list of meh <laughs> yeah. after you get through those guys. Or you're hoping that you're getting into Nate Pearson finally being a pitcher, which I saw that somebody wrote about today. Um, you're getting into hoping that Ricky Teamman comes up and just destroys and pulls an Alec Manoa all over again, and you get the same equivalent of what we saw when Manola came up his first year. People forget he's not been in the majors that long. <laughs> and he was a like moment when he came up and was doing what he was doing because everybody remembers Nate Pearson was the prospect. Alec Manola is the guy that he's a year off. One more year, he'll be here. <laughs> no big deal. Now look at him. There he is. <laughs> so it's like as soon as people said he's a year away, he took that as an insult. He ran with that and stole that job. And literally stole that job is the nice way of saying it. He's never let go of it, obviously. He's our, I would say, probably perennially our ace. Yeah, I was about to say he's probably our ace for the season. There's a good Plus, argument between him and Gosman. Gosman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless you ask Jonathan uh, Applebaum. Applebaum, yeah. <laughs> Bump. Can't continue. Um, but to that point, the biggest thing, uh, we I mentioned a few minutes ago that Barrios has been in camp for a while now. Now all the other guys are coming back into the camp and getting moving. It's not just the, the early birds there in Florida at the new training facility, which finally they get to take full advantage of, I think, for uh, the second year here. I think that's honestly. This is probably the first year they've taken full advantage of that. Because the one last the first year they had it was COVID. Last year was the lockout. <laughs> See, right? How crucial do you think that is, guys? Just to them actually having a real spring training this year, especially for guys like Barrios. I think it's huge. Massive. I, I mean, it's, it harkens back to the, any time they've ever shortened the NHL's training camp, how many groins get blown in the first couple of weeks, right? Like, I mean, you need the time to be able to, you know, the, the the other nice thing that I think is happening right now, especially on the Jays side of things, is it's warm in, in uh, Florida right now. Um, and that helps. I mean, having warm arms and warm legs and, and just the availability of, of, of being warm while while you know, starting to get those mechanics going and, and big throws. Um, I know um, uh, my wife and one of my sons are going to Arizona this weekend for a hockey tournament. And uh, only like 18 degrees, 16 to 18 degrees, which is still nice. Like, I mean, I would take that every day um, right now. Um, but, you know, that being said, it's 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 not that warm. Like the guys in Arizona are wearing hoodies the whole time they're they're practicing. And, and we go to Florida and, and I just saw a picture of Manoa with no sleeves and, and shorts, you know, coming out of the outfit. Guns out, guns out. Yeah, I mean, it, that helps out massively. And the more time spent together and more time that you get, um, you know, just building that team and building the unity, it's 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 a great it's a great for the Jays, great for baseball. Yeah, Craig, do you remember the first question you ever asked me when I was on the when I first came on the show? No way. You, you was, Hi, how you doing? Aside from that, this is the first and he said, Yeah, Ken, we're gonna do this live. So Ken, what do you think about the shortened spring training? Do you think that had any effect on the Jays starter? And you know the first you know, that? and and did you know what the how I responded with that? 
I don't recall. Oh, I, I know. I remember you actually had a really good uh, conversation out of this. Now you're bringing it back. Yeah. I said, basically, how long is spring training normally? And then he said five weeks or something like that. I'm like, and how did we get? How much do we get? Two and a half weeks. Two. Yep. Two weeks. Oh. Yep. Pretty much. So, <laughs> nice to get a full five weeks. Now, now, that I, now that I know the number now, five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, most people just, you know, the average fan sees the game start showing up on TV again. It's like, oh, it's spring training. You know, you don't realize that they're doing all this work two, three weeks before those exhibition games really start. So it's and it's key, critical time to a lot of pitchers go through a dead arm period where they're just starting to get the things going again. And then just, it, you know, one day it's all there. <laughs> 90 miles an hour plus, and then you go to heat it up the next day, and it's like, eh, you reach back, and it's not quite all there. Um, we've seen our Blue Jays pitchers, and even our third baseman for one year, and Josh Donaldson um, couldn't throw the ball across the diamond all of a sudden. It is because he wasn't training his arm, and he went through that period a little later than uh, probably should have, and obviously we found out in that year he was fighting a bunch of things with his shoulder, yeah. but to that point, those are all things that they're trying to build up and gear up for the ridiculous marathon that is the Major League Baseball regular season of 162 games. And if you don't have the time to properly prep for that, especially with your teammates and your training staff and all that stuff, I'm sorry to say, me doing, you know, a few ounce curls and stuff sitting on my couch aren't exactly getting me ready for a Major League Baseball season. So I think them having access to that facility throughout the off season, not being locked out of it because that would have been the team and everything last year, helping the players out. And that wasn't allowed. Only my elite players were at the training facility during the regular spring training period last season. So I think there's going to be something there for that along with our next topic. Pros and cons fellas of the world baseball classic for what is the slight interruption to this year's spring training efforts. Um, I think it's the, after the second week of games, so it's what? March, mid, uh, the second week of March, the sixth-ish is when they report to their, you know, teams that they have to do for their, uh, the countries that they're going to be playing for, for the World Baseball Classic. Um, I'll look up the date and get that for sure, but um we, there's plenty of Blue Jays going to this, and one of our best players in Vlad Guerrero or Jr. <laughs> I want to read the room, fellas. How, uh, how how excited are you for the him maybe to go and get into real competitive games, get those juices flowing to the point where he's ready to steamroll into the season and be crazy Vlad from two years ago? Or are you worried that somebody gets hurt this spring during the World Baseball Classic and screws up our whole season? <laughs> Where, which side of the fence are you all on? And uh, Eric, I'll let you go first. Well, I mean, I will echo pretty much exactly what you just said. You know, on one hand, I'm extremely excited to see Vlad get out there and kick some ass. Uh, that, that's, that's, you know, that's the biggest pro to me, uh, just getting him some game action and then letting the fans, you know, see him a little early. Um, and then, yeah, you know, also, as you said about the cons, you know, the injuries are what makes me the most concerned. Um, you know, it, it happens. It can happen in just normal spring training, too. So, I mean, I, I'm i more excited That's than not. Somebody. 
Yeah, I'm to talk about that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more excited to see him get going uh, than I am worried about him getting hurt. I, th- I think it's it's yeah. it's good. More plaque at a time. <laughs> I got. I mean, the interesting thing for me, first and foremost, is Vladdy's Canadian. He he should be playing for Team Canada. Uh, he's born in Canada. Uh, Absolutely, Dominican team doesn't need his bat. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> bang that. I'm going to bang that drum until I put a hole in it. Anyway, that being said, I am with the both of you. Uh, we have a rule in this house where like, if we're going out for a day or if we're going golfing, if we're going to do something, if, if there is even the hint of rain and anyone mentions it in the family, they, it's called Murphying the day because Murphy's law says if we talk about it, it's going to happen. So stop talking about injuries. Um, okay. <laughs> I will say this you guys, you guys are 100% right I feel like one of the things that spring training lacks is meaningful games I mean when it gets closer to the actual season you're starting to see the actual team and guys that are really clawing at the edge to get up there then you can see some competitive baseball but the first five games are garbage they're hot garbage you, you may see a kid who you know rake a couple or make a good play in the outfield, but you're not seeing good baseball. Um, and, and this world yeah. championship of baseball is going, I mean, it is, <laughs> the teams are ridiculous. Um, the, I don't know if you guys saw that stat that I sent you for the American team. Like it, it's, it's, it's nuts. crazy. <laughs> and the, the team from the DR is nuts. The team from Cuba's nuts. Mexico's good. They're all, it's just going to be, it'll be so much fun to watch because the other big thing to keep in mind is when these guys play for their country, for the DR, for Cuba, for all the rest of it, it's flash. They're, it's bat flips and, and, you know, and trying for triple plays. And it, I mean, it's totally different baseball. It's like school, schoolyard ball versus pro ball. And uh, well, they're not getting paid for this. This is just them showing up and having fun. It was amazing to watch the athleticism. And now you've even got more uh, um, uh, major leaguers playing this year. Um, you know, like the USA has really added on with Mike Trout and a few other guys who have said classically said no. Um, you know, Team Canada is not great, but uh, I, I found it interesting. Did you guys know who our third catcher is? No, Josh. 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 <laughs> he is uh, Josh Naylor's brother, Bo. Bo Naylor. So Bo Naylor, yeah, Cleveland Indians, young prospect. Bo Naylor, some Bo Naylor. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I, I'm, I like to see. I want to see like what Julio can do and and what you know all those guys can do when they play together and they don't have to worry about yeah. the restraints of 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 anything. They can just have some fun and try and smash baseballs. So. Uh, <laughs> That's a fun outfield that that Julio gets to play in too, because not only is it supporting ex Blue Jay now Mariner tight Teoscar Hernandez has another young, you know, great player in Eloy Jimenez from the White Sox, and not to mention Juan Soto of all people. Yep. So that's the the Dominican Republic's outfield, and you look at their infield; it's not anything short. You, you look at their infield. Willie Adams is basically the worst guy out of this lineup, and. Billy Thomas is a 30 home run hitter <laughs> last year or damn near close to it. So, team Canada yeah. has <laughs> team Canada has Freddie Freeman and they've got Tyler O'Neill. Uh, um, and, and did you guys know Otto Lopez is on team Canada? Yep. I, 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 I have no idea. And of course, Ernie uh, went. Probably because I've been reading who, what blue Jays are where, but yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think anyone would ever think uh, when I'm down. I'm down back in Arizona in a month or so, and so I my I cross with the last two games of this. So the last game of the tournament is Canada versus Mexico, and I mean, you know, Canada will get their doors blown off. I would assume, but it'll be a lot of fun to watch. You know, like like I said, like there's a bunch of guys on that Canadian team who are on the Vancouver Canadians, and uh, I recognize their name from minor league teams and. You know, again, mention. it's a really good place to show if you hit a couple of bombs off an MLB pitcher, you know, it shows pretty well for your uh, walking into the season. Yeah, you mean like what Robinson Cano is hoping to recapture with the Dominican team? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so guys, this is what he's saying. <laughs> yes, former Yankee Robinson Cano is playing and suiting up for the you know, Dominican Republic team. So to that point, I more power to him. I hope he does well, but um, the Canadian team is no slouch. And to your point, we are, we do have some Freddie freeze and the Tony, the Tyler O'Neill's and uh, not to mention correctly. If I'm wrong, Johnny Axe is back. John Axford. Yeah. So then to that point, I know anybody saw those highlights from him throwing last year. I was surprised some teams didn't call him down the stretch to hurry up and get on their minor league team and see if they can bring him up to the majors because he was throwing some darts in those videos last year at the end of the year. I so. could be wrong, but I believe he was hurt all year. I think that's what it was. Um, Cause I remember. He, kind of yeah. Yeah. He, he came back in 2021 for the Brewers for, I think it was one game. And if I remember correctly, it was the first batter he faced. Uh, he got injured and missed all of last year. Um, I'm pretty sure he made a, a long post about this on social media, so I could be making it up, but I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> You're probably accurate. You are a writer. Yeah. <laughs> you do your homework. <laughs> Players like Axford and like Robinson Cano and stuff. They there there are some of these guys that like are retired. You know, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember the name Danny Valencia, but yeah, he former Blue Jay. Um, he is playing for Team Israel. In, in this, he, he's officially retired. I talked to him the other day. He said he's done. He's in real estate. He's living the life. But, you know, he just to have the opportunity to represent your country. You know, a lot of these guys are coming just out of full blown retirement. Like, I don't know if Robinson Cano is officially done, but someone like Valencia will, will tell anybody, you know, I'm, I'm done. But, you know, if 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 something like this, if the phone rings, you you take it. Yeah. Yeah. Is this for your country? I feel, that like, stuff, so. I feel like we, we would all be surprised at when um, I've been watching a little bit of the Mexican league and um, I'm always surprised at the names that I see. You're like, what? That guy's still playing baseball. And he's not. He just, when the Mexican season comes around, he just jumps on a team, whichever one he feels like I would imagine and plays. It's the same with the DR stuff. Yeah. Like there, there'll be guys like, and you'll be like, what? You haven't played in 10 years. And then you'll hit a home run. And you're like, oh, that's why you're still doing that. So I find that point, a lot of these guys still play uh winter ball regardless. Yeah. So it's not like oh, yeah. they're, they're just playing because they like to play baseball. Now, I don't know. Have you guys seen uh, the Ken, have you seen the infield and the outfield for the American team? Like the other teams are great and all the rest of it. No, but, I haven't really seen it. So the in, the infield for the for team USA is Bobby Witt Jr., Nolan Orlando, Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonzo, T- Tim Anderson, and Trey Turner. Okay, so just let that sink in for a moment. And now listen to the outfield. I think if they just had the outfield and they played the five positions that are represented here, they'd beat most teams. Cedric Mullins, Jeff McNeil, Schwarber, 
Tucker, Trout, and Betts. Like, what? <laughs> that's, just, that's just not fair. being in that outfield is crazy enough as it is. And then you add those other guys. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Being the baseball fan that I am, how crucial do you think Mike Trout's season looks? Or how crazy do you think his season looks if you uh, he just destroys everybody in, the, in this World Baseball Classic and gets that little bit of swag back that he's lost the last couple of years of being hurt? You think he comes popping into the American League this year with the Angels team that I would say is more competitive than it's been the last couple of years? We've been saying that for like, years. Like, yeah, full full strength Mike Trout is something in your last Joy Atani or just <laughs> my hope is that he does, and then the the owner for the Angels falls and hits his head and makes a trade and sends Mike Trout anywhere other than there. You know, like. I mean, this is Connor McDavid right now. Is Mike Trout in in Anaheim? He's he's. You can't. We will never see the greatest Mike Trout ever while he is there. I don't care how healthy he is, what he does. We will never see possibly the greatest baseball player ever be the greatest baseball player ever because he's in shit town. So as Jason tries to appeal to our 13th converse, man conversation earlier in the piece, Mikey Benning, apparently we're going to get Mike Trout around the all-star break. Just <laughs> <laughs> I got a jersey exactly. already on order. <laughs> there it is. Uh, wow. Get him, get him doing some bass fishing. So he'll get Marlins down in the coast down there. You know, that's all it is. It's just different. <laughs> uh, so crazy fun boys but um on that note um we're kind of getting near the end of the thing here and i was going to just be this goofball here and see uh, we were talking about it with a couple of the guests that on the show here because we were famously during the lockout did i guess that blue jay thing and i thought it'd be fun to do one here and see if anybody can get the guy that i'm laying out here and i'm even being nice to ken here i'm not going to be a horrible person (laughs) so i'm going to be this one and i'm just i'm gonna give you three clues to wrap the show up here before i give eric his uh you know wonderful you know shameless self-promoting pitch here at the end of the show Uh, i'm gonna give you three clues and first to guess the per player or you all tap out i give in and tell you who it is and we go from there so are we ready let's try to think it's do it different thing let's do it so clue number one is that he was originally a rule five draft pick for the Toronto Blue Jays. Just wait to hear all three clues. And time frame it. It was a 1980s Toronto Blue Jays oh, rule five draft pick. Hmm. George Bell, Ernie Witt. <laughs> I thought was, yet. I'm not making a guess yet. <laughs> So, would you like me to keep going? Next yeah. clue. All right, I gotta look it up here because I lost it. So, he has actually written a children's book. Ernie Witts. <laughs> Is that the only guy you know from then? <laughs> I'm not gonna say Kelly Gruber because I always seem to throw middle episode. So, it has to be Ernie Witt. So, see, that's uh, I was thinking maybe I was being nice, but it was Kelly Gruber. Really? Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so the last clue was I am one of the only Blue Jays to hit for the cycle. And yeah. to that point, Kelly Gruber 
that was your easy clue. So he's the only Blue Jay I've seen that's written a children's book, which is hilarious when you hear about what he's done since the children's book. (laughs) 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 I just thought that was really amusing. And, um, um, you know, like I said, that was one of the ones that we did way back when. So clearly none of you watched the show a year ago. (laughs) Like bananas than George Bell. George George Bell. There it is. See? That would have been a good, good, good guess yeah. to that point because yeah. that was a that is easily one of the best Rule Five draft picks in all Major League best Baseball history, in my opinion. Blue Jays steals George, George Bell and he becomes the nineteen eighty five MVP. And to that point, Kelly Gruber also no slouch, but had a very, very fine window of awesome. Is the catch with Kelly Gruber because <laughs> injuries and stuff just plagued the end of his career. He never was able to get it back. So, anyways, Eric, as we wrap the show up here, anything you would like to discuss, or this is your, you know, minute of fame or whatever you want to call it, or you know, pitching your work. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think we covered pretty much everything I would need to. Um, one of the last comments I want to say is that I'm extremely excited to see Nate Pearson this year. Uh, I just wrote something today about uh, me happily being the conductor of the Nate Pearson hype train. Um, I, I really do think that he's going to find something, uh, as a relief pitcher. I think his starting days are done, but that's totally fine. You know, there, he, he fits the mold of, of someone that could be a really, really, really solid relief pitcher. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. Um, but yeah, other than that, everything else was covered. Um, yeah, I'm the the editor over at Jay's Journal. Um, I do the majority of the writing, and I post everybody's pieces and all that. So, I mean, I, I got a lot of stuff coming up um, for the site. I'm sitting on a lot of uh, cool things. I got a couple of interviews and getting to know some players and stuff that I would be coming out with soon. So, you know, I appreciate all of the people tuning into this. I appreciate all of our readers. Um you know, it's 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 tough to be the only guy doing it, but it's it's very very worth it at the end of the day. You know, it's it's a very rewarding uh, you know job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to that point, you were trending earlier because you're fun uh, with your one article with Mister Pablobon. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're I'm hitting it hard trying to get my name out there and trying to get you know the site's name out there, and I think you know podcasting and stuff like that is a great way to do that. So yeah, and not to mention being on the official podcast of jaysdrill.com is such a rough spot for you to hang out every once in a while so uh, pleasure having you as always so outside of that boys do you have anything else you want to mention uh, you know what I got nothing I, I, I got nothing <laughs> I am just going to be this person because Mikey's uh, obviously a fan of yours Merrick so just saying Thanks, Mikey. I, I appreciate it, <laughs> if you guys are fans of, uh, of baseball or Blue Jays and you know, like good writing I, I, I find Eric's writing to be really insightful and, and really easy to read, which I need. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that, that I don't know about the blue Jays and the game of baseball. So I have to thank you, Eric, because I actually find out a lot of stuff for this show from you. So, you know, I don't know if it's cheating or not technically, but it's technically, yeah. technically the same teams. <laughs> same gangs. Yeah. And sorry, Eric, a little quick question. I know you just finished great writing and everything. And, who did you say was the greatest third baseman in Toronto Blue Jays history? <laughs> Who did I say? I did, hey, I didn't write that one. Was it you? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Was it you? My mistake. 
but we all know who it is. Oh, it was uh, it was yeah. Gruber. It was Gruber. <laughs> yeah, couldn't if you couldn't tell who Ken's favorite player is yet. Yeah, no, I I, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, and just to say, he got Dion. Just, just yeah. saying. <laughs> so, all right, Blue Jays fans, thank you for joining us for another lo- lovely evening of live Jaybird watching for you. Um, we are your barroom chat for Blue Jays fans, so make sure you join us each week and hit us up on the comments. Mikey Bananas would like some other friends in the chat room. Um, we're ready here to chat. As you see, we are live. We are doing all this right, right here on YouTube or wherever you're getting your viewing pleasures from for your streams. Also, if you missed the show, tune in on your podcast. We are on every podcast platform you humanly possibly can you know, think of. So whatever you get those podcasting pleasures from, make sure you jo- join us here on Bird Watching. And that would be the end of the evening here on the official podcast of the jaysjournal.com at part of Fanside. So fellas, that means it's two claps and a Ric Flair and a let's go Blue Jays time. One, two, three. Woo! Spring is finally here. <laughs> George Springer is finally here. Kelly Gruber. Kelly Gruber. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch at BirdWatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays go. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.